What's up, everybody? This is the second speakeasy. We have Michael Yotis coming up very soon. I'm going to read you some poetry until he gets here and I request to join. This is a speakeasy. It's not really an open mic. It's not really like a read one poem and get the fuck out of here kind of thing. It's more like a let's have a decent conversation. Uh, this one's called Newfound Reverence. Forgiveness is intelligence. Compassion is sublime. Reverence, the newest thing. All it takes is time. Forgive me as I talk to you and look into your eyes. Forget the past and look to light. Let's focus on our lives. We've all been saturated in a world of deadly lies. Our minds are weak. Our souls are crushed. The world will hear our cries. Read this poem and think about the people whom you hate. Let's focus on what can be done to wipe the cleanest slate. We got Michael coming back on. In right now uh, from California, uh, homemaker, father of a couple boys. Boo. Boo. Because, you know, there's that delay sometimes. Yeah. I was I was listening to the poem and the stupid thing came and I oh, couldn't get to hear that. It's one of my it's one of my new ones. So if you want to read it, it's on my page. It's it's like one of the top three right now. I haven't been I haven't been writing as much lately because I've been so active in the lives. Like I got the open mic on Thursday, Fridays. Me and Sunday. Me and uh, Paulina on Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. I'm doing these speakeasies on Monday and Tuesday. So I haven't been writing. Good. I'm still. I'm in good space. I'm in very good space. Cool. So you don't need to be writing all the time to be healthy. No, I, I find I find when I'm in good space, good headspace, I write less, and when I'm in mental turmoil, I write way more. Mm. Like writing is pure therapy for me, and it, it always has been. Like my book, my book that's in stores. There, it's it's one of three. It's the first volume of three. I wrote the first section when I was undiagnosed and struggling. The second section when I was demoing medications and still struggling in the third se the third mm. section of the third book I wrote when I was medicated and kind of succeeding. So it's kind of like this mm. story of mental health that uh, I went through. For entertainment, I want to read the middle one. Yeah, the, the middle one. So that's just fucked up, right? When you're trying to find the right one. And, and it's weird. Um, okay, so the first one's already published. It's, it's in stores. It's at Walmart. It's at Target. It's at Barnes Noble. It's all over the world. And, but but the second, third, okay, so the second and third one, I actually have three manuscripts. So I have three 400-page manuscripts submitted to my publishers mm. with 1,200 poems, but that's probably going to be condensed into two books. So the first one is, a th the, the first one is the third one. The second, or the, fir the, the first one they have is the second book. The second one they have is the third book, and the fourth one is my newest ship. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm sure... It's not really, it's kind of out of my hands. I, what, what they tell me to do, I just kind of try and adapt. And, and whatever they say, I'll try and make it work. They got their plan for me. They, they have a plan for me. So I kind of try to abide. I'm just glad they're publishing my shit, right? So I don't really ask any questions. <laughs> well, it kind of, once it gets out of your hands, it gets, you know. Yeah. Like, I want to own every piece of everything I create. Right. You know, I'm not can collaborate. But I want to get deep, deep in there, right. and you know I found in publishing it got kind of out of my hands. Even though I have a really responsive, 
publisher. You know, at some point they're like, come on, timelines, timelines. Like, I don't fuck it. Now, is that, is Yodis, um, is that the book that me and Nebula were reading the other day about chaos, the poem about chaos? Well, is that that's your book? Me. That's her, no, that's her poem, and that's me as a character in her poem. No, it wasn't her poem. It was, it was, it was, from, it was from someone's book. Was it your no, book? No, no, you're tripping. The book she's referring to, I don't remember the name, but it has to do, I think it's one book. She's talking about a Terrence McKenna book. Yes. And like a critique of science and kind of... Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That, so that so, poem she can, wrote can I, about you. Yeah, well, no, I don't know that it was about me, but I featured as a protagonist. You were the protagonist. Highlight. So what's your, what's your experience with Nebula? How did you guys meet? Uh, we just, like, jumped on lives together. I mean, oh. I, I think she was open, hosting an open mic, and we've just been in touch since then. Okay, right on. So kind of like you guys kind of developed the same way that me and you are developing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's those, you know, it's interesting. Like some people like, like Shuby, I think we've been face to face maybe three times, but you know, from the first time I felt like we're friends, you know? Right. It's amazing. Yeah. No, no, I, I, kind felt of, the, I felt the same way about you. As soon as I met you, I'm like, okay, if I would have grown up with this guy, we, we would have been buddies. That's for sure. hundred like percent. Well, I was sitting like on one group when I first came in for a while. I was kind of spitting once in a while. Um, what group but, was that? Uh, right Tribe. Okay. Yeah, I still roll through there, but I met Moody Black through a local slam. And then, so I just, I'm like, oh, he's got this show. So I went on Moody Black and from there. Found everything, but the first I place I Moody, stepped off, and I when it went Moody to Black is send me Moody Black's handle when you're done this, because I want um, to talk to that. I'll put it right now so everyone can know. Yeah, I'll pin it. Put, put it in the comment right now, and I'll pin it. And uh, Nebula said to you, "Love at first listen." Hey, Nebula, for sure. You're here. So Yodis Michael was the protagonist in that poem that you read. Was it your poem? What what was the book about chaos? We had that wicked fucking conversation about organizing chaos and the beauty that can come from chaos. What was that about? Uh, please explain in the comments and I'll try and see. I'm confused. I talked to so many fucking people and there's so many deep, intense conversations. Like me and Krippa had like the best conversation ever yesterday. It was her poem. It was her poem. Wow. Okay. Nebula has some deep astronomical shit going on. Yeah. Is a she is a very intelligent woman, and I, yeah. I I'm blessed to have her in my circle. Hundred percent. She's she's far more than intelligent, right? And I don't know if you've had the tarot reading yet, but yes. through her poetry yes, and the tarot and the way she's connecting. First one last week. So so for our found poetry thing, I picked out words at random, and then I used that as a base. Yeah, I can explain wow. that. So my, my uh, platform is called, one of my platforms is called Found Poetry, and it's on Thursday nights at 8 Pacific. And we, I have a special guest. We read other poets we love, classics, old and new, Instagram, and then we also find little bits of found poetry, audacious writing that strikes us as poetry. Okay. 
but maybe wasn't meant to be. Right. That's so she did that book and she read random words from that book, creating a poem live on the spot. That's what she's referring to right there. Okay. And, and that sucks because I can't join that because that's when I'm live on YouTube with my open mic. So I can't, I can't hit that. Yeah. Which means that you can't hit mine, but you know what? All the power to you. Cause I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad we're getting it done. We're getting it done. We're getting it done. Yeah. There's some, uh, some good moments on that. I did one with my son for, um, for Christmas. Yep. So he was my special guest. And I had one of his classmates was my open mic. Nice. And it was super fun. He did a great job. So All that's on my IGTV. Are writing poetry as well? Well, it's, we're reading other stuff. So he read from a book called um, I'm Just Not Good at Rhyming by Chris Harris, who's here on Instagram. He's going to be my guest sometime in the future. We're going to have an all-kids edition. Oh, cool. All the open mics going to be kids reading other poems they like. And I, I want, I have a couple of locals, but I'd like to source from the community. I see people like Marianne, if you know Marianne, her kid gets on. Um, so maybe I'm um, have some people from the community, like four or five kids. I need you to send me some handles after this because it sounds like I'm missing out on a lot of good people. Cool. I will do. I'll point you to a couple communities. Yeah. Yeah. Aim Right Tribe is, uh, is fun and it's during the day. Yeah. And I don't know anything about that. That, that's that's news to me. I've never even heard of it. Hmm. Yeah, Moody Black is the host of that, but there's a whole group that hosts. Um, do you know Do you know Beach City Poetress? Nope. Got to. You got to. Oh, you got to send me this stuff, buddy. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, the group is now in Red Tribe. In a couple so uh, you you mentioned you mentioned a local poetry slam. Why don't you tell me what that's all about? So I'm not a slam poet, but I enjoy going and hearing vibrant communities of poets. So um, Shuby goes to Ain't Right Tribe. Um, so Berkeley Poetry Slam is a pretty amazing group. Uh, I live uh, about an hour away from there. So it's always a stretch and I hang out as long as I can, but it's like goes into the night. Right. But they have a feature and then they have... Um, I guess 10, uh, 10 poets that perform and kind of sign up and hope you get on. Okay. And some of those people are just <laughs> so sick. I so bet. good. And it's you a very, they have a workshop before. Huh? You say Berkeley. Are you talking Berkeley University? Well, Berkeley, California, city of. Oh, it's a city. Okay. Is that where yeah. Berkeley University is? It is. Yeah. Okay. Next to Oakland. So okay. the same group does in the Oakland, Oakland, California. Slam. I've actually never been to that one. There's also another one in Oakland that they do, but um, Berkeley's the one I go to. It's the closest, and yeah. uh, those people are amazing. And they were kind of my entry too because that's where I met Moody Black. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you met in person before you guys connected online? Uh, no, that was an online. It was actually oh. like a, a Zoom open mic at that time. They weren't what? doing slams at that What's point. That? Are you in the Zoom community? How does this work? What is, what is going on with Zoom? Okay, so, yeah, I'm interested in doing Zoom from, from these communities uh, on Instagram. So Zoom is, seems to me it's generally existing open mics that, have, that were physical, that have transported like everything else to Zoom. So okay. I'm up in the North Bay in the Bay Area, Northern California, 
Um, so there's a lot of little open mics and coffee house kind of stuff. That that's the scene up here, if you will. And okay. so those things just migrated, and it's kind of cool because they expand the reach. You know, if you're in Santa Rosa, California, it's hard to, you know, have a diversity of voices for one thing. Right. Right. So um, the diversity of voices seems to have gone way up, and it seems like. Some of the groups here are partnering with other groups in, in other okay. parts of the state. Are you on Zoom? I do Zoom a lot, yeah, but I'm not. I do some of these open mics that I follow. You know. Well, we because, should connect on Zoom so you can you can get me these open mics so I can go and perform. That'd be fantastic just to get to know these people. Cool, cool. I'm gonna do my local one, and they when it's live they have like 100 people every right time. On. Um, I'm going to do that on a Monday night because I want to tell them about what's going on here. They're they're like more like hippie type, a little bit older, okay. you know, a lot of nature poetry. Kind of, it's a different. It's not really a good fit for me, but I'm local, so I just go, and they're I'm super not supportive. Either, but it's all about expansion, you know. Like I, I'm willing to put myself at risk of ridicule to uh, perform and expose myself to new oh. new people. No, they're very supportive. They'll be down. It's fine. Right on. Yeah, sick. I just won't read any of my like uh, yep. you know fucking myself in a, with a chainsaw up the ass. I won't. I won't read that. I won't read that. I was going to say Barnes and Noble. Do the Barnes and Noble ones. Yeah, Bar Barnes and Noble sells my books, so I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah, do those ones. As soon as COVID is over, uh, I'm planning on doing a Barnes and Noble tour of the West Coast. Cool. Doing Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. We'll hook up. Uh, well, there's Seattle, Portland, and Vancouver. That's kind of front and center. <laughs> Come on, keep coming then, down. I'll get down there. I'll get down there. I got a good car. We'll, we'll get down there. We'll get down there. I'll, br I'll bring the whole family down. We'll bring the dogs, the cat, the, the son. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll buy like a Winnebago or something and, and do like a big West Coast tour. That'd be sick as hell. Amazing. How many yeah. kids you have? You have two kids? One, just one. Just one. Uh -huh. Right on. That cutie that I saw <laughs> at the end of the last one. Sorry? That cutie in the last one yep, that I that's saw. His, son. his name's Lionel. He's three and a half. Uh, he's he's an animal. He's he's a ham. He loves coming <laughs> on the show. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's awesome, man. He's he's a good kid. He's I think he's going to be a little artist. He he likes drawing. Mm. He likes he likes singing. He likes performing. He's a ham. He likes he likes like he's very creative. Like what when when we're playing. He'll be directing. He'll be directing me like, you be this guy, I'll be this guy, you be this guy, you say this, and then I'll say this, and then we'll do this. He kind of orchestrates the whole thing, you know? We used to call my older son, who can hear me right now, <laughs> when he was in preschool, we used to call him Commander Yodis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dude, just like that. What's his name? But he saw, you know, he knew the whole thing. He knew what, you know, he knew what he wanted. He has a big picture guy. So he already saw the whole thing, so he knew exactly how. What's his name? Leonidas. Leonidas. Hello, Leonidas. <laughs> Welcome to he the ran, show. He ran away. He ran away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Kids are great. So he's 12. Yeah, he's 12. And my younger one is Van. He's the one that did the did the reading last time on my show. So uh, Spanish, Lamidas' name is Spanish. I'm Greek, 
Greek. We're Greeks. You're Greek? Yes. Wow. Yotis, that's why it has the spelling. I have no idea. From their grammar. Like you. Like, all I know about Greek, like, I know nothing about Greek. All I know is that I've worked for Greeks in restaurants, and they were fucking hard asses. Like, <laughs> hard. Can, can, you, can you speak a little bit of Greek for us on this uh, little uh, speakeasy? How about a poem in Greek? Yes. Yes. This is how not about, my poem. How about you read a poem in Greek, and then you translate it for us in a separate poem? Uh, okay, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a translation. Okay. Have it. Fucking sick. The Greek from Michael Yotis. I had a good buddy back in my Montreal days. This is like 2000, 2001. And his name was Spiro Sugarakis. And the guy could drink more vodka than, in, than humanly possible. Like, unbelievable how much vodka he could drink. Spiro Sugarakis. Unbelievable guy. Awesome. We're not known for our vodka drinking generally. Whiskey. Greece is the third largest consumer of whiskey in the world. Whiskey? Per capita. Can you recommend a good Greek whiskey? No, no. They drink proper stuff. So they drink... We make our own. In Greece, we make... um, We make our own, like, moonshines kind of thing. And every village has their own version of it. That's the stuff I like. So what, what's like the main export of Greece? The main economic driver of Greece is tourism. Tourism. Export is, uh, is olive, olives, okay. olive oil, and so, um, so what is and the fish, climate? What's fish. the climate of Greece? Climate. What, what's the climate? It's, it's temperate going towards subtropical. It's so going to end up subtropical pretty soon. So kind of like Vancouver Island or, or a little No, bit? barren, very barren. Oh, really? Mediterranean, barren, those windswept kind of islands. So like Northern California? No, like Greece. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. Really? Isn't that yeah, so yeah. Well, Is you that- know, it's a Mediterranean thing. I meet people from Israel and Turkey and Croatia and uh, Morocco, and we all have like a lot of the same touch points. Were you, were you, you know, the Mediterranean? I was born in um, the Bay Area. Okay, so but my you... dad, my dad's mostly lived in Greece my whole life. So I've, I've spent a lot of time over there, and, and I've your, lived there. Is your mom still alive? My mom has passed. Okay, twenty right. years now. Was she Greek as well? No, no, no. I'm multicultural in that way. So what? What's your mom's background? Mom is Anglo, mixed European. Long-standing American arrived in Nantucket and whenever. Right. Yeah. Like my, century. My my dad's Ukrainian and my mom's Irish. Cool. My family's an old Bay Area family. I mean, not old. Like that makes it sound like we have shit named after us. I don't mean that. But in the Bay Area, a lot of people, um, you know, are here. I've just moved here, or very recently. Like my my grandmother was born in San Francisco. My grandfather was born in Oakland. Right. So you're California. Yeah. But your dad your dad still lives in Greece, or is he here now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad and two brothers are over there. So you speak Greek fluently. I do. Wow, isn't that something? Are, are you teaching it to your kids? I'm trying. I speak fluently. That's different than natively. You get technical. 
Okay. So you went that, to and and spoke. They'd know that you were not. They they hey you're you're. Great. I don't even have to speak. I don't even have to speak. They know already. As soon as you, I walk in, right? They talk okay. to me in English. Even when I lived over there, when I lived over there, my language was good. Now it's sloppy because I haven't been in you know since the last summer. Wow. So I try to go in the summer every year, and I, I mean, this is a this is kind of a big deal for me because I try to go in the summer every year, and my brothers are very young; they're the same age as my kids. Wow. So they, you know, they're like hanging out and having, you know, they're that cousin age where they form these long lifelong memories. Right. And we obviously couldn't go this summer, last summer, and I don't know if we're going to be able to go this summer. Do your little brothers speak English? Yeah, it's an English household. Even growing up, it was an English first household. So their mother is uh, is from Slovakia. Is that pretty common in Greece? For English, is English pretty common? Um, English is very common. I mean, that was my problem growing up. Is as soon as I was like ten, all my cousins spoke English, and they wanted to practice on me. Right. And so my Greek, I had to be an adult and decide to learn it. Okay. Right on. So let, let's so, hear in Greek. This is from the great Greek poet Yanis Ritsos, early twentieth century, first half of twentieth century. Okay. Had well up in up into the sixties had a, an amazing renaissance of literature in Greece. Okay. And um, these poets are among the most influential on me. This is Yanis Ritsos. It's called Ximeroni. Ye no vathos scotimeno ostotelos ena mono parathro anameno ena megalo climeno climeno prasno diamandi o uranos O lolefkos, o logimnos. O mystico ximerema, ipe, vermelefko, catastito, me coquinos puros. Oniro, oniro pulumena, iulisu piolefki, stongrotafomas. Wow, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, you sound great. You sound, you sound totally <laughs> good. I would know the difference, that's for sure. I think I'm, a, I'm the equivalent of like a really heavy accent on a skilled American English speaker, you know, right. like some people, you know, have lived here for 30 years and just haven't really lost their accent. Right. I'm like yeah. that. I don't know that I'm that skilled in Greek, but, like but I have a full American accent. Right. Okay. Well, whatever, man. Like, I'm I, pretty I, sure. I'm, I'm I kind of like it. We speak French up here. I can like if I went to France, I could probably get a job and sound like I was nine. <laughs> yeah, like, that's basically where I'm at, right? Like I, yeah. I communicate very, very, very basically, very basically. Yeah. But it gets me by. So you sound like you're like fifteen. Yeah, it's that's right. Maybe thirteen, <laughs> depending. Yeah. Right on. But I'm I'm actually you know I consider myself illiterate in Greek. You know, I wouldn't say I'm illiterate in French, <laughs> right? But in Greek, it's part of me and my culture, and I live there, and I have a legal identity there. And when I go and fill out paperwork or something, like it's stressful. It's a stressful experience. So it gives me some understanding of people's experience in this country. Would 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 you relate Greek to Latin? No, there's a lot of borrowing between, but yeah. Greek is an Indo-European language that. 
draws quite closely from the Sanskrit lineage, I think. Okay. So, so nothing to but do with it's a different, like no relation to Italian whatsoever. No, but I mean, you're talking about modern Greek or origins. Origins, no. Modern Greek, yeah, because Italians are so close. The Venetians exactly. Exactly. came and and held major parts of Greece. Um, in the in the eighteenth, uh, uh, sorry, nineteenth century, French was a lingua franca. So there's a lot of French input in when modern Greek was formed. Was around that time, right? Um, yeah, lots yeah. of English loan words. Right on. So, Greek so I, I didn't hear the poet before me very well because I had to do a bunch of stuff to be able to to be on. But but Dine Kelly was amazing, powerful. That was a powerful. What a, wicked, what a wicked person! What a wonderful woman! What a fantastic view on drug use and recovery and the destruction and the rebuild of life as it exists. What a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. Not to mention, they, they just, like, Paulina was live, and I, and I caught the end of Paulina's live, and, and um, she was watching Paulina's live, and Paulina mentioned me, and then all of a sudden she followed me on both accounts right away and was messaging me right away. He's like, when are you going live? I want to come on. I'm like, right on. I'm going live in five minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> you know? Nice. Wicked. That was awesome. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah, we've we've already been DMing. That's that's my people right there for sure. No, oh, she's great. I love her. Cool. Hey, I see a lot of names that I don't know in here. So follow me, y'all. Yeah, so follow me. Learn more about you. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you write? Oh, it is original Yodis. It has a pinned comment right now. Original Yodis, go follow my buddy Michael. He's fantastic. Cool. Um, I want to announce a new platform. Sure. I don't know if Kripa's here. I was kind of waiting to to share with him. But uh, so I'm going to with a with a friend of mine who's actually my undergrad. Well, he was in his master's and I was in my undergrad in philosophy back in the day, 20, more than 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, but we've, we've recently retouched, uh, gotten in touch again and he's one of my favorite people to talk to. And we used to have a philosophy group back in the day and we would have professors come and present their own work and we'd work on it with them and we'd read particular things. I don't really want to do a philosophy group per se, but there's a lot of smart people that want to dig deep into stuff. Yep. in these groups and a lot of i don't even like to say smart but intellectual people it's not the same thing no. but there's some people that want to get intellectual on shit so he and i are going to bring it back as a live and uh we want to talk to whoever among our circles but one person at a time on a specific book so for instance i'm going to reach out to nebula who's reading that book by terence mckenna who i know some things about although i haven't read that book but anyone that gets me a book that they're reading and gives me three to five days i can definitely be up on that book enough to have a conversation about it and would then you, have, have that person uh present it and discuss it and we'll critique it and poke at the ideas and make connections and just go deep on a particular book for i don't know an hour or so could we do a bukowski night with me Interesting, interesting. I was thinking like more along the lines of theory, but Bukowski is a specialty of mine. Me too. 
So that that definitely needs to happen in whatever form it is, for I sure. I think it'd be brilliant. We could do short stories. We could do poetry. We could do whatever mm. you want. We'll plan that. We'll talk about that. Cool. I dig that. So that's going to be called Idle Minds. Idle, Idle Minds. And I'll be pushing it out soon. So do follow me if you want to hear that. I'll be coming back and you guys, promote it for you as well, you guys, I'm sure. Is that just going to be the name of the live? Or do you guys already have like a channel? Or how is that going to work? Well, I think we'll do it like um, – I think we'll probably start just doing it through our own. Probably mostly through mine. I'll probably do most of the hosting. And he may be a little bit more behind the scenes and be one of my regular collaborators. Cool, that'd be great. Yes. I'm totally, I'm totally yeah. done, man. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not big on, like, poetic collaboration. It's just never really been my style. Mm. But idealism collaboration is right mm. up my fucking alley. 100%. Yeah, for 100%. sure. Well, you're an anarchist. That's right. I'm an anarchist. I believe in idealism. I believe I believe in a certain a certain uh, template to life, and I and I'm kind of rigorous amongst it. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, are we? Yep. Are we? Hear this poem, the Greek that you read. Are we going to hear that in English? Oh, okay. Um, it's called Day Breaks. Day Breaks, like sunrise is day breaks. Okay. And uh, my collection that's published is called Daybreak. So I found, even though he was already one of my great poets, but I kind of found and used that. That's why I know that particular one, because <clears throat> I used that when I was featuring and touring around my promoting the book. So, uh, okay, it says, I'm earthly depth, dark to the end. Only one window open. Only one stolen green diamond. The sky, uh, all naked, all white. Oh, Mystical daybreak, he said. Mystical sunrise, he said. Oh. Uh, skin pale, stippled with red dots. Dream, awakened dream. Your scar all the whiter at our temples. Wow, so you're you're kind of talking about like the mortal sickness of a being that's lacking information, you know, like 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 the the, the what you become when you're lacking what you need. Hmm. Mm, I like that. I like that. I like hearing what how people respond um, to that poem. They, I seem to get more interpretation when I when I do that poem for some reason. So I hear lots of different uh, interpretations, and I think that one's fascinating. Thank you. No, I loved it. I, I love hearing it in Greek. I love hearing it in English. Who's that? Who's that author again? Yanis Ritsos. I'll put it in the comments. Yeah, please do it. It's funny. I was on with this Greek philosophy group the other day, and they wanted me to do some poetry, and I did some Bukowski as well, and uh, and I did that one, and they're like. Why did you choose that? And I'm like, Ritzos is one of my most beloved. And they were like, in Greece, we don't, we don't like, we don't, we don't feel, we don't feel him. Was the word she used? Because it's too cryptic. It's too hard. Was he? Was he a bit of a rebel? 
with the he cop? was he was um, a communist. Okay. And uh, he had to he served time in prison. There was a civil war in Greece after World War II between communists and so law and Era was he active promoting communism? From the twenties to the sixties. Okay, so he, he, he in, died in the sixties. Oh no, no, he he died in the eighties. He died in the eighties. So okay, so he was probably born in nineteen oh five, nineteen ten, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but who they had me reading was Kavafi, who was another great. Um, Kavafi is more well known in the U.S., but I don't know if anyone here has heard him. Um, okay. But he he has a famous poem, poem Ithaca, which is which I see sometimes over here. Um, so they had invited me to read Kavafi, and they were like complaining about Ritzos. Which group is that that invited you to read Kadafi or Kilafi? It's a, it's a Greek language philosophy group. Okay, and and what's the it's handle like, on that? That's an Instagram thing, or what is that? No, it's no, that's a Zoom. You got to get Zoom, Zoom Michael. Yeah. I got to. Yeah, we'll do something. Of Zoom. We'll do something. I got to do this. I have Zoom. I've used Zoom. I use Zoom to talk to my friends from back home out east. Yeah. I need to branch into the poetic communities of Zoom. I this blows my mind. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. I saw, like, I think Joe Steele's in here watching right now. I saw Joe Steele and Brian Edwards doing a live where they were filming a Zoom chat and also a live on Instagram. So having a guest as a Zoom chat while doing a live on Instagram. And I, that blew my mind. I couldn't believe they were doing that. That was fantastic. Berkeley Poetry Slam does that as well. Okay. And I think they're using some some intermediary technology i'm not sure like on youtube on youtube i use uh Streamyard. have you ever heard of Streamyard? yeah yeah that's the one i've heard of mainly, yeah. Streamyard allows me to have two people at a time during a live so it's nice because mm. instagram only lets you have two but Streamyard i can have three which is something that i'm new to so now you're busy on thursdays with your show but on Fridays, if you want to come on the open mic and if you ever want to have a conversation with somebody, bring them mm. in, let me know, and we'll bring you both on. I think that'd be wicked. Cool. Yeah, I'll look into that because I do feel it, like, man, I'm sure someone wants to jump into this conversation, you know? It, it's I'm, like, just, I'm just thinking now how you said earlier that your son has read with you. It might be a cool thing to have you and your son on the same mm. show and you both can read poetry interchangeably. I love it. That'd be sick. <laughs> cool. So, um, when you talk about uh, when you talk about anarchy, yep, you promised we would speak on this. Yep. Um, where do you see that playing a role right now? I think a consciousness shift. <laughs> of peaceful resistance to the, the duocracy that is modern right now. It starts mm -hmm. with a consciousness shift to peacefully resisting both parties of what's going on. And that will eventually delve into a greater consciousness shift that realizes that a complete remanufacturing of the state of the constitution and everything that we do and all the rules that, that were created can be adjusted if not totally rebuilt. But anarchy begins with consciousness of peaceful resistance to the duocracy that is modern times right now. 
Cool. I love that. So I see it as a creative activity. So like a const, I've long been hoping for some kind of constitutional convention in the United States. We needed it, you know, we needed it sometime in the nineties, probably when this shit started happening, basically. It became noticeable in politics in the mid nineties with Newt Gingrich. At that time, it became clear that the government could be made uh, non-functional at will by either party. And so at that point, you got to figure out what, what to do, I would say. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think the nation state is not, you know, it served its purpose. And its purpose was to do, well, its, it's purpose was myriad, but but now it's oh, it's not the right it's now. not the right entity sorry can you can you repeat what you just said you're circling you, you got a circle on your face mm -hmm. right now. Piece, can you please repeat what you just said am i back now yes you, i can hear you but i yes yes now you're back cool to drag when it doesn't show it to you you know to me okay so the nation state to quote a line of a poem <laughs> the nation state is the wrong scale for the problem I think I didn't get that right. But yeah, the nation scales the wrong scale for the problems we have. Yeah. Globalism, you know, um, uh, needs to be focused on addressing the global problems that we're all starting to suffer from. And the number one threat being climate change. Like we need to move now. Actually, we needed to move a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and just to draw a line, the... You know, the political, the United States is such a behemoth on the world stage and affects everybody's lives. Yes. Everybody's lives in the world is affected by what goes on in the United States, especially the Western world and the third world. Um, you know, other people may be, other nations may have insulated themselves more. And in, in 2000, <laughs> you know, Al Gore won the election but because of the way the media was already out of control, George Bush stepped into the office. That's right. And I'm not a Democrat. I didn't vote for either of those guys. I'm not saying I'm definitely more aligned with Democrats, 100%. Not totally. Um, and I'm an anarchist, like I said. <laughs> I'm left to Bernie. And the thing is, but, you have... You but, have but listen to that. Think about that for a second, though. Politics being messed up here meant Al Gore... Not my favorite person either. But what's Al Gore's big deal? It's global warming, climate. So he, in place, with a with a uh, you know chance to to I think um, take. The, I'm trying to remember the it was Democratic. I think it, you know, Congress at the time. But you know that would have meant leadership 20 years ago on climate instead of 20 years later being the only country in the world not signed on to the Paris Treaty. And that's criminal. And every American citizen is culpable for that because we're not out screaming about it. Right. And we need to be. We need to be. And now I know, like, I'm not even an activist, man, but I feel like since Trump got in, you know, on climate, I, my professional career is aligned to climate. Uh, um, to responding to climate um, and sustainability. So that's where I do that work. But since Trump got in, I was fucking knocking on doors, calling 
like how hard it is to call some a couple of times and um yeah. i'm not you know i'm not even advocating for that but i just feel like hey at least we could try that and now we got that fucker out of there yeah and almost. we got this almost. other fucker in there but <laughs> it's almost official yeah well there's that as well but let's not get to the civil war yet because i want to make this point about anarchism which is and bioregionalism and participatory economics and cooperatives and intentional communities there's so many things going on that are using anarchist principles dude dude a lot of it jump started by the occupy i agree uh publicly subsidized privately profitable the anthem of the upper tier puppeteer untouchable the f- nod your head in approval bury your heads in the barcodes of these neo colonials to quote propaganda one of my favorite punk rock bands of all time they had it spot on that song came out in 90 fucking 5 and calling it they were calling it Publicly, um, the anthem of the upper property, the judgment, focus a moment, nod approval, barrier heads, the barcodes of this neo colonial. <laughs> they had it all explained in '95, man. '95, they saw it coming, and I listened. I listened to that. <laughs> I I recited that over and over in my head, and it helped me form opinions on what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is we need to knock on doors. We need to rattle the system. We need to non-violently resist what is happening. That's important for everybody to do. So to me that's like and I'm I'm also agreeing with and underlying your definition. And like that is where anarchism can influence the democratic process of the democratic sort of nation state and i'm convinced that though i mean even if california became its own state own country that's still that's a france sized country you know join, so the scales are so big join join canada because we are closer we are almost there we're 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 way we closer we could find we could be our own we can run ourselves we got a good leader right now we're good yeah you got fantastic resources yeah but we got a lot of you know we've got a lot of um vocal trump support here for sure i'm i'm pretend like it's not I'm like that sure oregon and washington would join you in that endeavor do you, okay let's get to that do you think there needs to be a, a, a division into a couple of countries how do you think that would look like you I I think it doesn't matter because all of those things are going to fall into the same difficulties and there's a chance perhaps with some sort of new social administrative technologies that maybe states become automatically running and and therefore start to make good decisions beyond politics but mostly I think we need to build communities together like where you live and where your water comes from that's what you need to be paying paying attention that, to that's what is most fucking important and energy yeah. all comes down to protecting and 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 preserving your own community because if everyone's doing that everyone's going to come together much more strongly 
It's all about protecting where you're from and leading by example. And if we could have a small community who is doing all that they can to protect the environment, protect civil liberties, protect civil rights, protect people's points of view, and you listen to everybody, if little communities, it starts off in friendships. It starts off in groups of friends doing this. And that bleeds to bigger populations. And all of a sudden we have a whole fucking town worrying about everything at once rather than worrying about one thing. What is the one thing every fucking government worries about? Money. Yeah, profit. Profit. Expenditures. Fucking accounting. Growth. Growth. The economy Growth. needs to start growing again. Why? Growing for what? It doesn't. Hey. And everybody knows. This is, this. let's get a little bit to the root of the mental side of the problem. Everybody knows the economy can't keep growing. We got one planet. We're going to go over, you know, the lines don't work. It's just a fifth grade math problem. How big is big enough? How big is big and enough? And how big is big enough? At the, at the same, you know, are we at the same time we know about the climate problem, we've got this general ability to deny what's going on, like denial, that we can just talk around it. Like we're talking economics, and everybody that looks at it, that thinks for a second, knows that the model can't work. So how are we not talking about that? No shit. Everyone knows the climate is collapsing right now. Right. And it's like, well, but that's, we can't, you know, we've got to do. Everybody knows that corporations make decisions on quarterly basis. So they have huge layoffs just to make bonuses and shit like that. If it happens in a movie, no one's like, that's impossible. Everyone's like, yeah, that happens all the time. But in the real world, we're like, oh, Facebook, whatever, do whatever it wants. I mean, we should be protesting right here on Instagram. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and 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 corporations like think about think about how much what we say is owned by corporations that are in bed with career politicians. Career politicians have got their tentacles in all of our social shit, and that needs to stop. And it stops with independent conversations and independent groups of friends that can bleed their philosophies into bigger social circles of people. And that will turn into towns, that will turn into provinces, that will turn into states, that will turn into fucking countries, and everything can be better if it starts on a micro scale. We have to, we have to work on things. We can't think about the big, big picture anymore. The big picture is totally fucked. We have to work on the small pictures. The small little independent community-based interactions is where it all begins. And if that doesn't change, nothing is going to fucking change. And that's the reality of the situation that we're in. Well, in the sustainability world, like, um, you know, the systems thinkers and the people looking to set policy in regional, um, regional organizations, active in, in sustainability and the theorists as well, there's become this divide. There had, there had been this divide of um, climate mitigation and climate change mitigation and climate change adaptation. And there was a divide, you know, like an ideological divide in the group. I'm not saying it was nasty as far as I know. It didn't get nasty, but, you know, the groups kind of moved a little bit apart. Because one group is trying to drive policy for carbon tax or for carbon stipend. There's a, you know, all kinds of policy options. And then the other group is like, brace for impact. Right. And, and through that work, I've, I have, I've spoken to, to world leaders I've sat down with, 
sat down with billionaires. I have, um, and I, I know people who are way, way more connected than I am, who have like the ear of top scientists. And he came from London. He's in London. And he came, I won't say who it is, but he came and um, visited here. I mean, we already were in touch. And he gathered a group of us together and he said, you know, he's talked to these people and it's too late. It's too late now. It's too late. More than you, more than the, you know, you hear shit coming out and they're like really warning, like, hey, this is a real warning sign. And scientists say, like they say that, but when they're not public, they say it's too late, man. So, yeah. so nation. I mean, because we got Biden in, because there's all the Democrats are in charge. Now we got to like fight and push and resist. And maybe there's a chance. What the hell, you know? Fuck it, keep fighting. I say, what the hell? You're alive once. Might as well keep, you know, hope for the best. Not hope for the best, but you know, act as if the best thing, best result can happen. But truthfully, from what I understand and from my knowledge, that's not going to happen. It's over. We, we can't trust the Democrats. The Democrats may be necessary. They cannot be trusted. And, and you mentioned a brace for impact. We're, we are in the brace for impact stage. And the comfort that I can give people is that from complete destruction comes a foundation to build something upon. And this is our fucking opportunity. With this, with this mm. impending doom that we're facing that is unavoidable, this is our opportunity to build something that is real and that works. This is our time to succeed. This looks so negative. Everything seems so negative right now. But this is like the best possible situation for things to change. Because out of chaos comes beauty. And we're, 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 we're facing chaos imminently. It's not going to go away. It's happening. It's just a fucking ticking time bomb that's going to go off. Shit's going to explode. And who's going to rebuild? We're going to fucking rebuild. We're going to fucking rebuild in the way it needs to be. This is our chance to fucking do so. Those people who have the skills and the network in place are going to rebuild. That's right. First. So that's one piece to definitely make sure it gets in this conversation is that the we'll use the word that's given to us but hopefully we'll find a new word but understanding those connections economically and the economic requirement of people on the ground or maybe the human the fundamental human needs of those communities and how they're going to be met i'm super lucky i'm in a bioregional space i'm a near bay area we have tech influence we have hippie influence we have anarchist and punk influence diy like hardcore here and entrepreneurial and so people here just get shit done in this town in particular and, and it, so we know our farmer we know our farmer huh it's going to start with communities like you guys who have all of the necessary attributes to form a evolved community who can be a represent a representation of what needs to be done we need to lead by example and the only way we can lead by example is if we're, we're if if we're if we're totally fulfilled in what we all need. And you, like a, a community like yours has everything you need to restart, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, with a little population reduction, but <laughs> right now, but you know, we have capacity. It also depends what happens to our farmland as temperatures rise. Right. Um, so we got a lot of seafood too. 
but we're also right next to the probably not the ideal community, but the people here are doing the right thing. You know what, man? So like they, the community that I live in, I live in a town of six hundred people, about an hour from any other town, and about three hours from any town, more than twenty thousand people. And like I, what I can say about my community on northern Vancouver Island is that we are doing it right. We are focusing mm -hmm. on our on our community and our local politics. All you can do is focus on your mm -hmm. local politics. Don't worry about the big picture so much. The big picture is out of our fucking hands. The fucking, the, the career politicians own our situation. All you can do is focus on your local. Go to your local fucking leader. Go to your local politician. Demand change, demand change. It starts with local, it starts small. We need to start thinking micro spectrum. Everyone's fucking mm -hmm. so saturated with macro. Everyone's looking at the world picture and how are we going to make the world a better place? The world doesn't change over fucking night. It has to start with your local governments. It starts with small micro spectrum. Focus on what you can do for your own community. If you live in a in an area in the bay in the bay area, look to your fucking local mayor. Talk to your mayor. Talk to the yeah. representatives. That's where it starts. So last night our city council adopted a uh, sustainability resolution. That means that going forward, all decisions in all departments need to account for the sustain their their commitment or their contribution to a more sustainable um, city governance. Right out. Or a more sustainable city. Period. Um, and we have a lot of really people making sure that's very specific. It's not going to be a greenwashing thing. It's, right. We'll right. see how well it enforces. I'm on that for for biking. Um, I'm in a group that influences the biking policy, not on the commission, but I'm in a, one of the activist groups and um, advocacy groups. And we kind of get pushed, you know, it's all about cars. Everything's about cars. But this group's pretty dedicated. We got a new, new, um, very progressive council, council that just came in. So, yeah, absolutely. Do all fronts, not, not national though, not national. It's like with the capital, like that's so, Engrossing right now, I can hear the um, the House of Representatives is in session right now. My wife's listening to it in the other room. It's been on for hours. But, you know, it's fascinating. and It's hard not to watch it or to pay attention. <clears throat> and we should pay attention, obviously. But yes. what we should take from that is that, like, look around where you are. There's people all over the country and all over the continent listening to this. You know, my little progressive town, like there's people with BLM posters getting harassed because we have a strong conservative element. Segment of the population. I strike the word element. Because, hey, they're part of our population and they're mostly decent people, but everyone's in a frenzy. And so just if I could get this message across, this is the one thing I'd want to say to the audience today is, like, look around your neighborhood. If you're an ally to LGBT, if you're an ally to people of color, then know where they are, know what's going on, get on the local forums, like, right now, and pay attention this week what's going on. Yes. And make sure those people are supported and this safe. In, in, in the macro scale of what happened in your country's capital is huge and worth listening to, 
but it is a dilution of what needs to be done on the micro scale. It all starts with boots on the fucking ground. You can't hypothesize solutions. You need to fucking enact solutions. You need to physically take hold of what needs to be done. It doesn't happen by just thinking about shit. You gotta fucking do shit. You gotta make phone calls. You gotta knock on doors. You gotta fucking talk to your, to your city council. You gotta make sure shit is getting in order for your community, because that's where it all begins. And communities bleed together. We'll all fucking resource each other, and that's how a, that's how a revolution happens. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, there's all diff all different areas where solutions can come from. The more that come from nonprofit seeking solutions, I think the better chance we'll have to move forward. There's an amazing um, because, book because called. Do you say that because there's less corruption? There's an amazing book called Winners Take All that has um, is a nice audio book. That guy does, he's an amazing, amazing thinker and writer. That's a, like a journalism kind of book. And what he's, what he's making clear is that scientists, researchers, writers who come from outside of business world, what he calls market world, then find that they are a professor of cognitive science, but then they did a TED talk. And they did a TED talk about one little tiny thing of their research, which was really interesting and useful and practical. And they thought they could get it out there and help people. So they did it. And because it was safe and non-critical and supported some of the ideas that are ingrained in, in market world, then they get picked up and then they start getting funded and they start getting, they're funded for that one thing. That one thing's great. Let's make that a thing. That's the thing. But in the scientific context, it's within this other framework of, of theory and results of experiments, which are, which include elements that are critical against the market world position and they're swept aside and the scientists themselves are caught trying to balance this, but his argument is they're not succeeding. And, Thinkers, and, writers. Now, now, Michael, we only got two minutes left on this live. Um, but what the point let me spit. Going to let make, me spit. Yeah, go ahead. No, let me spit. Let me spit, and then I got to go, blah, blah, you know? Yeah. Okay. Original Yotis, California poet, The Lowdown. What do you mean, survive? I mean... First, the states won't hold together. Then, as the pressures of climate change mount, general governance will break down. Other nations will follow. Without the compliance of the world's largest economy to ecological requirements, the world distribution system won't be resilient enough to stabilize in the charged, more volatile what? The name changes, but you know. The nation state is exposed as the wrong scale for the challenge. And without global distribution and wellness systems already in place, much less ecologically sustainable ones, we're fucked. Totally. It falls to regionally stable distribution to provide for the fundamental needs of what humans can. So what's the plan? Get to know your neighbors. Micro scale. Think about the community. We got 30 seconds. 
Think about your community. Do what you can for your micro organization of reality. It all starts with small steps. Small steps become giant steps. Giant steps become leaps. Leaps become fucking revolutions. We need to retake our fucking peaceful existence and do what we can to fucking fuck the system and say, fuck you. We're not taking it any fucking more. That's it. Stay safe and alert this week. That's right. Remember, this is a big week. Peace out, Michael.